welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, we have the amazing Aubrey Howard on the show. Aubrey identifies as a queer woman of color who believes in the natural healing of power of the self through breath, movement, and connection of spirit. She feels that at the heart of the practice is the art of acceptance, stillness, and surrender. Her own challenges with anxiety and depression prompted her to look further at the mind and how its influence affects our state of being in the world, especially in communities of marginalized people. Her practice, Spirit Medicine, provides alternative holistic wellness services such as transformational breath, integration coaching, and movement. Aubrey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm thrilled to have you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm really excited to be here and you know talk about these things that I'm really so passionate about with you guys and everybody that's listening. Well, so a couple of years ago, we just chatted about this right before we started. I saw you speak on a panel in Philadelphia and, you know, there's sometimes when you're seeing somebody speak and you can just kind of feel their energy and their aura is so expansive. And there was like four or five other people on the panel, but I was just drawn to you second after second, the entire times, so your energy is incredible. So <laughs> I knew I had to have you on. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. We were just speaking about the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, we were just speaking about that a second ago. And I mean, so it's been, it feels like so long since we were able to be in person and share in those experiences, but moments like that, where we can come together and that event, I believe was oriented towards empowerment and self-care for women. Um, and really, you know, I'm so excited about moving back into that time. So even having conversations like this, you know, in a time where we don't have access to in-person events or, you know, it's been limited for a while now, um, I think are just really important. Yeah, it feels good to just connect with other people. And I think all three of us said before we started this, we're all introverts. So we like a little bit of space, a little yes. bit of space. There's nothing that beats just being in other people's energy every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So how did you actually get started on your breathwork journey? I love this question so much because it's like asking, you know, like, how did your life come about really is what I feel. Um, And so, yeah, I'll share this story with you guys. And it, it is really powerful because it is my life experience. You know, working with our breath is working with our fundamental life force. And um, so for me, growing up, I'll tell a little bit of my background first to give some context. Um, I had a pretty interesting upbringing, simply because I grew up really as a Jehovah's Witness. And I don't talk about this much, actually, but, um, you know, I feel that it, you know, is a cult in a lot of ways now and having some reflection back into my past um, in my, you know, 20s now has been really important for me. And growing up very isolated because of my religion and then growing up with my father, who is a famous actor, um, but then living in like the suburbs of Philadelphia and Lafayette Hill, um, going to like a public school as well. So I just, you know, had such a interesting childhood, I would say, um, also like thread throughout with a lot of trauma, you know, family trauma, intergenerational trauma that has not been addressed. Um, and so for myself as a little girl, the main emotion I remember, and this sounds really sad, but you know, I've gone, I've grown really far from this place is that I just felt a lot of sadness. You know, I really had, uh, I felt like a hole in my heart. You know, I really wanted my parents to be together. My, they, my mother had a restraining order against my father at one point, And, um, there just like so much emotional turmoil that I was dealing with as a child that I just was not ready. You know, when we're children, a lot of times the beliefs of our parents or our caregivers are put onto us, unfortunately. And usually we don't have the best role models. Some people do, and you're really, really fortunate if you have great parents or people to kind of guide you in your life. 
And um, for me, it just wasn't that case, you know, even though I was privileged in many ways as well. And so, you know, growing up with these beliefs truly uh, around, you know, not being good enough or, you know, feeling like I had to um, care for my father or like care for the people around me led me into a lot of people pleasing and like perfectionism in, in my childhood. And so this, this does lead us back to breath, don't worry. <laughs> so, you know, moving on through the years, um, I reached the age of about 21 and I kind of started my life really early on. I had my daughter when I was 18. I went to Howard University for a year to study biology because I was always very interested in the body and really the mind-body connection, you know, like how is this whole beautiful organism working together? Um, so that was my path at the time, um, but I, I got pregnant. <laughs> I got pregnant and so it was interesting, like these um, beliefs that I had around what I was supposed to do in the world, what my purpose was supposed to be really came into play at that time. Because I, I remember saying to myself, like the moment I found out, I was like, I'm not going to be, um, like unmarried with a boyfriend pregnant, um, with, you know, a dropout of college, like that's not going to be my life. Like that's what I had decided in that moment at 18. Also like very formative still. Our brains are still forming. We're still so young at that age. Um, but we feel like we're grown, which is very interesting, right? Um, and so right around that time, I was, I made that decision. I was like, I'm going to move back home to Philly. I'm going to get back into my religion. Um, I'm going to get married and I'm going to like have this whole life. And feel free to stop me anytime, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, this is fascinating. Keep going. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to like go into the whole path, you know, but it's, it is really part of the story um, and how I got into this, you know, journey that I'm on now with breathwork and integration and plant medicine and things like that. Um, so right around that time, I moved back home. I fast forward a few years. I had my son. I chose to have my son. So I'm like married in the suburbs with this house, have this like whole life at the time. Um, and because I joined religion again at that time, I uh, cut off my, my really close friends, my closest friends. Um, and so who, who went to Howard University. So right around this time, they were just graduating, um, applying to med school, dental school, like people really starting in the next phase of their life. And one of my, my best friends, Taylor, um, who I had, you know, cut off association from at that, at that time, she committed suicide. Um, and that, I think for me was the catalyst. That was like really a huge, huge wake up call because I was also at that age in that moment feeling really depressed and like that sadness that I was talking about from, you know, my childhood and just, you know, not having, um, not really knowing where your life is going to go. I was feeling very unfulfilled, which was very confusing for me because I had chosen this life, you know, this, these were all of my decisions. Um, and so as a mother, that's also very complicated, right? It's like, oh, am I not happy being with my kids, raising my kids? Parenting is complicated. And I think that should totally, <clears throat> excuse me, be talked about more as well. Um, but so this led me to, you know, I, I found out that my best friend had committed suicide. Um, and this was a huge wake up call, you know, that, people are struggling with mental health issues, especially people of color. And, you know, why is it that we don't have access to different services or just the help we need or just feeling safe, feeling comfortable enough to share our stories or really share what we're going through. And I was feeling that same way on the inside too. Um, so I had this, this is a weird part of the story for sure. But my dad, who I was, me and my sister were having like a huge fallout with this year, like major family issues. He called me and I believe it, it was in attempts to kind of like, like save us or like heal us. It, maybe not the same intention that I, I had. Right. But he called and he said, you know, I was just in Costa Rica at a resort called Rhythmia and I'm going to send you and your sister down to go do ayahuasca. And so, you know, super privileged first of all, to be able to, you know, go and, and fly to another country to take these sacred medicines. So, um, but that was my first introduction into <clears throat> this kind of healing. 
Um, and I had never done any psychedelics before, right, beforehand. Um, and so my only experience was smoking cannabis prior to that. But I saw a documentary on Netflix called, um, oh my God, I forgot the name for a second, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Have you guys seen that? Uh-huh, fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I need to good. watch that. Like, Add it, okay. Add it to the list. Add it's it to the list. It's on my list for tonight. <laughs> it's so good. It's not like the most visually appealing documentary, but it really, really just goes through like all of the science. And there's a part of me that just like, I'm very intellectual, but I'm also like very flowy and go with the flow and everything. So it really appealed to me to like hear the facts of like, wow, how new networks and new neurons are being created in the brain and how we have the real ability to heal ourselves or like even have memories, like gain back memories from our past. And that was really huge to me because because of so much trauma in my childhood, I really blocked out a lot of memories um, from when I was a kid. And that's a really common experience that I found working with a lot of my clients and a lot of friends as well, that there are just some things that naturally as humans, we just like block out, you know, our consciousness is like, nope, put on the brakes is too much for me to handle right now. Maybe we'll get back to it later. But usually that's what ends up ha- what what ends up happening from that repression or like suppression is that, you know, our subconscious is then holding all of this trauma. Our body is holding all of this trauma. And we often, you know, it comes up in ways we don't expect. So in limiting beliefs or, you know, re- um, negative thought patterns, right? Or even in the way that we're... Um, you know, having these self-sabotaging patterns come out in our lives. So I'm going to bring this back to breath. I feel like this is what happens. I love, I love to have conversations. This is like great, Jenny. Don't worry. <laughs> and you're like going. my language right now because I'm a shadow worker. So every, this is, this is my space. You're on it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I mean, this is the podcast for it. You know, we're talking about embrace yeah. your light, but to embrace our light, we have to embrace our darkness. That's right. We have to integrate every part of ourselves. Oh, and I can't wait to talk about integration with you guys. This is very exciting. (laughs) So before I went to that first ayahuasca ceremony, um, which I was really terrified to do, right? Like I was, I was scared for sure, but I felt like at the time I had nothing to lose. Like me and my sister were both suicidal or were having suicidal ideation at least. Um, And so they said, we're going to have you do a transformational breath session um, before your ceremony tomorrow. And I had never had any experience with breath work up until this point. I had just started going to like a few yoga classes a month that year prior. I was also going through a divorce at this time. So it was like everything was like, you know, coming down heavy. (laughs) Um, And so I went into that first session. I lied down we breathe, you, we breathe through our mouths in transformational breath, um, which is different because I'm also a pranayama instructor as well, yoga teacher. So breathing through the nose is really the way to go, right? But we breathe through the mouth in transformational breath simply to take in a higher quantity or like a larger amount of air, of oxygen, of prana, so that we can get into this rhythm because as we're breathing, what we're looking to create, and this is getting a little sciencey, but I actually really love this part. So if you guys are interested in that, I think you'll like it. So when we breathe, it's actually the same, same thing, really the same um, mechanism as when we work with plant medicine and sacred plants, because we are basically creating an energetic circuit in the body through this process of focusing on our inhales which is taking in all of our good, surrendering, relaxing our exhales, and then connecting our breath. So through this process of letting go of the pause at the top and the bottom of the breath, because typically the pausing in the breath or the holding patterns are these control patterns that we have, specifically on the exhale, right? It's like a fear of letting ourselves feel right? Because when we hold our breath, we deactivate our feelings, which then become repressed in the subconscious mind. So to hold all of those feelings in, let's literally holding it all in, 
it takes a tremendous amount of physical energy, right? That then is, you know, it comes out in chronic tension. We got a lot of pain going on, a lot of physical pain. Um, and so I lay down for the session, right? We're creating this energetic circuit in the body, as we're mentioning through this specific process, this specific method. And so our emotions like, let's say anger, guilt, shame, guilt and shame are really big ones, right? Because we know scientifically now that they hold a very low <clears throat> frequency in the body. And so imagine we're seeing like we could actually see these low, really dense frequencies. They, they weigh us down because everything in the universe is, is a vibration, right? Nothing is, energy is never destroyed. It's always constantly changing and transmuting itself. And so when we have, let's say myself at that time, I had a lot of anger, right? For my situation with my ex, uh, anybody that's gone through a bad breakup or a ugly divorce or custody stuff knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, that like you can get mad <laughs> and it's okay to get mad too, right? It's just, how do we work with that? We don't have to be okay with everything that's happening and we shouldn't be okay with everything, but we do have to learn to be with it. And that to me is where it's really powerful. So to conclude this question, because I've gone <laughs> on forever. So I laid there and all of this anger in me and all of this like guilt and shame that I had from uh, being a child, myself as a little girl, it, I literally like felt it lifting. I felt it clearing in that moment. It was as if I was in a psychedelic experience or journey. You know, my hands got tingly. I felt twitching in different muscles in my body. I got cold. Um, at one point, the facilitator came over to me. Her name is Nicole Rager. She is amazing. Um, she's an amazing transformational breathwork facilitator as well. And she came over to me and literally laid her whole body in a very appropriate way, right? But just laid her body on top of me. And it just calmed me down in a way. I felt so safe. I felt this deep, like mothering energy. And she simply said one affirmation. She said, it's okay to express who you are. And the tears like came crazy. I was, I literally, she sat me up at this point because I'm like sobbing like loudly, you know? She sat me up and I'm like tears, even snotting on her shoulder. And she has me like on her shoulder. And that's a big part of transformational breath work is body work. We're doing body mapping and pressing into the physical body along with um, intentional specific affirmations that are needed depending on what area you're working on. Like the shoulders, it's about anger and repressed anger. So maybe that's, you know, a good affirmation for there is it's my anger is valid. You know, it's safe to feel my feelings, however they look. So that's, that's the end of that. But it, that's how I got into this practice. And it was, you know, that really changed my life, just like that one, one session. And then in my ayahuasca ceremonies, the following week, I literally received the message, um, you know, go get trained for breathwork. Wow. I can't even tell you the goosebumps that I have, right? It's crazy. That's such a story. It's wow. a crazy story. <laughs> it's amazing. And when was that? When did you go for the first time? That was in 2016. Um, so I was about 21 at the time. And I went with my sister, who's four years younger. Um, so we went together and met incredible people. I met um, Kimberly and Foster Gamble. Um, directed Thrive and just like beautiful, beautiful people that really have the intention for healing of ourselves and healing of the world. Um, and that was a space I've really never been in before, like coming from a very, you know, um, religious background, right? That was very constricting and limiting. Being around people who, you know, were working with these plant medicines and um, really had the intention to just to work through their shit, you know, I don't know if we could say that, but like work through their shadow sides because, you know, when we're working with our breath, when we're working with plants, when we're working with movement, it really is about sitting into the darkness because there's a lot of it, you know, we, we live in a world that's all about duality, um, but how necessary it is to really like let go of the labels of good and bad 
I think we like just label things naturally. It's our inclinations as humans. But if we can see things as just this combination, everything is, is so deeply interconnected. Um, and plants, if anything, have really helped me to see that. You know, if you look at the 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 earth from from a, from space, you see that just the weather patterns, right? It's like this whole beautiful living being. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just wild to me. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I Danielle and I like Danielle and I looking at each other like. And these guests like keep it. coming on here and talking about ayahuasca because we're supposed to do yeah. ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that really, I believe that medicine calls to you when you're ready for it, you know, and it just pops into your awareness or it keeps coming into your awareness in different yep. ways. And yeah. you just, you know, you know, instinctively if it's right and, you know, you do your research and see, um, but we are really at a huge moment in time with this psychedelic renaissance that's yes. happening. I'm involved with a group in Philadelphia called Decriminalize Philly. Um, working to decriminalize entheogens and different med plant medicines. Um, and so that work is like really, really important because we, you know, the way that these medicines are being, you know, made more accessible is beautiful, but we really have to think about indigenous reciprocity in the process and like flying to Peru and having the privilege and the access to do that. Like I said, I flew to Costa Rica, you know, in that moment. Um, this is why mushrooms, you know, and psilocybin is really a great option as well, because you can have such a similar effect if done in the right set and setting the right intention, um, maybe the right guide, possibly in a, in a safe way, of course. <clears throat> and, you know, it's, then it's, it's more accessible to you and doing less harm. So, but ayahuasca is my like sacred medicine, my heart. So if it, she's calling you know, listen to that call. That's really powerful. You know, everything that you just said, like your entire story, it gives me chills. And normally is, I'm, this is just like an aside, like a little bit of like a meta conversation, but usually when guests are on the podcast and thinking about questions I want to ask, and the whole time you were speaking, I'm just like, yeah, like say more. It's <laughs> fascinating how you got to where you are because the story, even though it's like long and it's been a journey for you, every one of those things had to happen to get you to where you ended up. You had to go through that whole process. You had to experience that darkness in order to really feel into who you are and understand yourself and how you're going to help people from this point going forward. And I think, I think we don't talk about the journey enough. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much conversation about like, I'm healed now and I'm fine. And let's just keep repressing and pretending like that stuff doesn't exist. And here, let me package this up and sell you this idea of perfection. But mm -hmm. that's not real. It's not people's journeys. And it takes away from the fact that the journey is beautiful, even if it can be heavy. Oh, you said it so well, Danielle. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> so, so true. I mean, yeah, I think sharing stories is is just so, so important. And sometimes we get away from that and just like, oh, this is, I'm here and I'm here to like sell what I'm doing. And um, it can become a little bit convoluted, I believe. But, you know, we, ha we want to be where we're at if we didn't go through all of the things in our past. And that to me, <clears throat> just as I get older personally, as we, we all get older, I think we're able to see, you know, a meta perspective, right? Where sometimes in our life when we're going through difficulties or obstacles, we become, we become just so hyper-focused on how do I get out, you know, just stuck in survival and, um, you know, the nervous system is going crazy. Like, how do we figure out how to survive in this world? But if we can, can zoom out and see ourselves from another perspective, which is why sharing stories is so powerful, right? It's just, you know, somebody that's there to share something that you, you didn't see, right? We have our own blind spots that occur naturally because we're, we're biased, you know? And so we need other people 
and to hear what they've gone through. And that's how we relate. Like when you study marketing, if anyone has a business, anyone's an entrepreneur, you study marketing and you see that, you know, psychologically, that's, you know, that's how you sell. It's about like sharing what you have done and how you've overcome that struggle and other people will relate to that. So it really needs to be from an authentic space. Um, Yeah, and connecting in that way. And I think that like after, different medicine ceremonies when you have this like collective gathering and sitting there and after seeing people all night you know going through the it seems like the most pain in their life i remember one woman she um she had had to move she had to immigrate to another country uh, just to have better financial security in her life more opportunities and she had to leave her two children with a family member this is a little bit heavy but i think important she um she realized you know in the course of the years that she was away that her daughters had been abused and i happened to be in the ceremony with her and she shared this with with all of us as a group after the fact you know the morning after and i saw her that night you know on her hands and knees just crying like from the soul just weeping you know and um to be that vulnerable around other humans when we live in a society that's made us feel that we are isolated and because of you know colonialism and that impact that it's had on the way that we view work culture and and community culture um makes us feel that you know we have to we have to push forward just for ourselves even though we know we want to take care of everybody it doesn't seem feasible you know, like we were talking about earlier before we hopped on here, just like being stuck in that rat race and this demand of having to, um, you know, be present almost like 24 seven for social media, for signal, for like all the things, all the different apps, it's really, really hard. So, um, you know, being vulnerable with people and hearing her sharing that story, I can't even imagine like having the courage to share with other people. Um, is so powerful and I find that through breath work and through plant medicines you people have that ability and they feel you know in certain situations of course but can feel safe enough to share share with others and that's really really important well that's so powerful and heartbreaking at the same time but Mm -hmm. everything you're saying is so important and I think the spiritual community for the most part, it's really loving and really welcoming and makes you feel like you can connect so deeply. And that is the most amazing part of it. And then there's other situations where it feels a little bit elitist and like people are othered and they can feel disconnected and disjointed. And I don't know if that's something you've experienced yourself or seen, or if you have any thoughts on that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> and, and a pretty deep one, too, because, yeah, the spiritual communities in certain places, especially just in America, you know, naturally can feel very elitist and um, people like sharing their love and light, which is really, really powerful. And it needs to happen, of course. Um, but oftentimes we're not seeing people of color and black and brown bodies um represented in the ways that they should be when you know black and brown people really have created most of these practices you know like um, breath work is originally buddhist practices and pranayama Um, and so not seeing that representation i know for myself you know I've been, especially when you first enter into this world of like, okay, if you're, you're really beginning to realize that you need some healing. So like, how do I do this? And maybe you start uh, looking on Instagram and you see some workshops offered or some courses offered, or you go to yoga class um, and you don't even realize that you're in mostly white spaces, you know? So at least that's, that was my experience until I started to have some more awareness around that. And really the movement last year was huge, huge part of that for me as well. And saying like, wow, just watching a movie, why don't, why am I not seeing more people of color? Why are they only in like black films? Like my dad mostly is in black films his whole life, you know, because of just the way that our society puts people into boxes, into spaces. So within wellness, I think that that is like tremendously important to, 
um, see representation of people of color so that we can feel safe in sharing our stories. Um, and specifically with Decriminalized Philly, that's really one of the big points that we want to get across right now is we're working towards passing or bringing our resolution to city council, you know, just to look over it, say, see what we think and really start this dialogue. Um, but within the African-American community and different marginalized groups as well, there is a huge stigma around plant medicine and around mental health right as most of us know that and there's so many different factors that play into that um but we've we've been made to feel that it's not really safe to go to doctors and it's not really safe to talk about our feelings because a lot of that has been used against us and has been um created more trauma which is so so sad you know so i think you know that is really huge huge part of my mission is to help decolonize wellness and you know, see more representation. I work for an amazing company called The Nolliverse, um, which is women-led, Black-owned company who is really working towards showing and having more representation in breathwork specifically, which is really exciting, um, but in wellness in general, and even like men, you know, like um, male practitioners, uh, people of color, like that's really important too, because we don't see a lot of that usually. So. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I think that's really, really um, special for us to be talking about. So powerful. All this work that you're doing is going to leave a legacy. This is really life-changing stuff because you're altering the course of how things are moving right now. And everything is going to shift. All it takes is that little tweak in the right direction. And then the ball starts rolling on the right path. It's cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's it's so interesting to think about, but like everything that everyone's doing right now is leaving a legacy and it's just about, you know, what legacy are we wanting to leave? <laughs> we don't want to leave a legacy of plastics in the oceans and, you know, of the earth really turning against itself, you know, or us turning against the earth. It's you know, we really, really need to think, look at our actions very clearly. And this is where self-care, I think, just is so important. And bring it back to that point is like, it's all about breath. It's just about awareness, really, right? Because we're breathing all of the time. <laughs> we don't usually stop breathing very much. I mean, we hold our breath subconsciously a lot, but we can go without food. We can go without water for a certain amount of time, but we can't go without our breath. And I think when we just sit and, and ponder that fact for a second, it really does bring us back to the fact that breath and life is so fragile. It's so fragile, you know, it could be gone in a split second. So ha bringing awareness to the way that we're breathing and taking in life, like, can we just together for a second, take a deep breath in? Yes. I would love that, yes. Okay, I think it's so beautiful. So you can just bring your hands to your belly. Relax your shoulders, maybe allow your eyes to close and just notice your breathing here naturally without changing it for a moment, right? Does it feel choppy? Does it feel shallow? We tend to not focus on our breath while we're talking or talk from an empty space of breath. So now just taking a big breath in through the nose and exhale, letting it go. One more time, full breath in and exhale and open the eyes and come back into the space. Just notice just like two breaths. You can feel so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As we were saying that though, guys, I have my like, which I feel like I shouldn't have anyways, my Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> I had like light music in the background and she heard let it go and she was like let's play frozen from let it go <laughs> I was like thank god I turned that down <laughs> so funny oh that was so amazing I I'm like so guilty of like holding my breath you know when you're like <gasps> get into a situation or like sometimes even when I'm just like in the shower I will notice that I'm holding my breath as I like on, you know, like when you open a lid or something and you're just like, what am I doing? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why? I'm like, let me breathe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I literally hold my breath all of the time. And 
really part of the reason, <clears throat> like I said, I got into this because it's a continual process. You don't just like learn it and then you're like forever good to go like anything else. You really need to learn to see like, okay, at what moments during my day do I find myself holding my breath, right? When is it that I am feeling nervous or anxious and what is my natural response to that? or what has been my conditioned response? And then how can I bring awareness to that fact so that I can bring myself back into a state of rest and relaxation? Because when we're in that fight or flight, as you know, this is so widely known now, like love Dr. Joe Dispenza and all the people yeah. that talk about, you know, the, com the connection between our emotions and our breath and the way that our mind is working. Because when we have irregularities in, in the mind, it's actually shown in the breath, mm -hmm. which I think is so, so cool. Because like when you actually lie a person down in a session or in a group session and you analyze their breath pattern, you can see really like their whole life. Like you can tell like Judith, uh, Judith Kravitz, who is the founder of Transformational Breath, is so deeply incredible when she lies somebody down to do a breath analysis literally can say oh i can tell like it seems to be that maybe in your childhood you experienced um maybe some a, a lot of shaming right because this specific area of the belly is really contracted you know Whoa. our our bodies tell everything literally like you from acupressure chinese medicine marma points right like you can tell that if somebody's heart, this is a very easy example, somebody's chest is very open when they're breathing. Somebody's got a lot of movement in their chest. It's usually meaning that their heart is pretty open, right? But then they might have a disconnection and you might notice that in their like solar plexus area or right underneath the rib cage, which is actually called the fear belt, that there is a disconnection. So you might notice their breath kind of like being like this odd wave pattern, right? And so there was some trauma or something that happened in their in their life, usually in their childhood, that really um, brought them into a state of, in curanderismo, they say, they call it susto or fright, right? It's imagine like this, this fright of abuse or something that happened. And that automatically gets stuck in their body. You know, our body has a cellular memory that holds on to every experience, everything we've ever been through. And like we can't unlive these things. Even though I know we wish, we really wish we could go back in the past and be like, I wish that maybe one decision I didn't make, right? But even though we can't change the past, we do have the power to feel what's going on. And this is what breathwork is really about. It's about connecting and befriending our emotions because when we have the opportunity to like be with our breath, which is the most natural fundamental thing to us, and then emotions start to arise, which is really crazy. Like I would love to do a session with you too. And maybe for, you know, the guests. I was literally just thinking I need to do a session with you. I was literally just thinking like my head, I was like, N -n 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 oh my gosh, I have a course coming out in July that is called breathe to transform limiting beliefs and consciously create your dreams. And really it's going to be an awesome process of working through um, the four steps of awareness, intention, connection, and then integration, you know? So basically, you know, once these, if, you, if you're looking to create your, your life, right? Because we have that ability through how we feel, right? If, if we believe something to be true, we can create this in the quantum field. And we know this, like it's proven by science now, which is so exciting. <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't have to be like held by our past and held by all of the things that have kept us down and oppressive systems and things like that, that there are ways to move beyond that. And so I really believe that to manifest your dreams, whatever you want in life, you must organize the four dimensions of the body, the mind, the energy and the emotion in one direction and keep them unwavering for a certain period of time, right? You have to remain focused. And so we're basically going to bring awareness to the conflicting energies and the patterns of disharmony. Like we saying our traumas and different um, experiences that we might have had in our, in our life experience. 
identify like what's going on, which chakra point is blocked, where is it living in my body? So we're gonna do these breath analysis to really like sit and see like, where is our breath blocked? Where is the, Where am I not breathing into? Um, and then go through this process of really clearing that out every week for seven weeks. So I'll let you guys know, sign up for my email list. If you sign up for my newsletter, actually, you will get the self-care ritual guide, which I was like, we just have to mention in here. If anybody's looking for a little help with their self-care you know, practice, um, and then you'll find out information about the course whenever it comes out. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm like, sign me up. (laughs) We can breathe together. I'm so, I'm really so excited because every client that I work with, I don't work with like a lot, a lot of people because I find it takes, it takes a lot of energy from me to just like really be there because I really want to be fully present to what they need. So I work with like maybe two clients a month, a few times a week. And I'm looking to expand that into groups now so that I can reach more people at once. Um, And it's magical. Like every single client, I'm like, they're like, why is this not more widely known, more widely available? Because it's similar to like holotropic breath work and all these other different, more intensive forms. But the big difference here is that we're focusing on surrendering our exhale. And that actually, if you don't know breath work, I know this probably sounds a little weird, but like it's huge because on our exhale, like we said, is where we have our control patterns, like Becky, just holding your breath randomly throughout the day. It's like this, this unwillingness to take in our life force. Um, and so if we're able to full breaths, we're not pushing it. We're not, you know, pushing the river. It can go on its own, but we can learn to really surrender and let go of the body, almost like a sigh that's coming out with no effort, right? Which is not the easiest to do, but we do get there. And then we connect our breath, just like a baby's breath. And I love to say this in workshops. Have you guys ever seen a baby breathe? It's just- Oh yeah, I have two kids. It's so easy. The breath and the belly just moves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly, just like that. It's just like (sighs) up and down, up and down, and it doesn't stop. And so we learn through our traumas and through this susto or these frights in our life to hold our breath. So that's, it's so like so much can happen and integration happens immediately because we're working on the most fundamental level energetically to clear these things. So it's not about transcending our emotions, like the spiritual bypassing we're talking about earlier, but it's actually about befriending our emotions so that in the moment we can connect with them experience them fully, whether that is anger, whether that is shame, whether that is joy, which is huge, but then we can let them go. We can feel them and then we can let them go. So that's it. I love it. I love it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And just as you mentioned him earlier, I'm rereading Becoming Supernatural, Joe Spence's book, and he talks about the incoherence in the body and coherence is really the goal, right? Connecting everything, making it all come back together. And that's what you're talking about, creating that coherence yes. in the body. It's life-changing. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. I am so obsessed with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. I mean, I think just that combination of bridging science and spirituality is so powerful because then you reach the people that maybe don't believe in so much of like the wooey-dooey spiritual stuff or the hippy-dippy stuff, you know, but then you're also able to really tap into the spiritual and the mystical because the world is spiritual and unknown and amazing. Um, so yeah, in, in my course, that this course is actually really the culmination of like all of my life experience. This is the first course I've ever put out, but working with, like we said, understanding the breath, the emotions, which has been so much of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work that's influenced what I'm doing as well. And also um, Francois Borzat, her work on integration and plant medicine and um, indigenous reciprocity um, is huge. So we're really going to touch on all of these different aspects um, so that we can manifest what we want. Like for me, this process is manifesting this course. I'm like, if I can manifest this course and really like speak about it and share from my heart and my authenticity, then this is me clearing these some of these limiting beliefs around not wanting to be seen or not yeah. feeling like I'm, I'm good enough or I don't, I don't deserve success is huge for me you know, as so many of us. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah. 
So, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of, it sounds like it comes from your heart completely. Like you can tell when it's like before you came on, it's like you did, you know, the sigh. It's like you're like, I'm going to try from my heart. And then you come in and you're like, and it's like, if you came into it and you're like, like, you know, like panicked or like something had upset you or like something had happened, then you can go into it and you can be like really like, a short breath where it's kind of like spitting things like I know I can be like very fiery like um one of our previous guests on the podcast um came in to talk about sky astrology Claudette she is amazing and, and she um she does a different type of of like astrology but it's not the western astrology it's it's different danielle and i have both had a reading with her recommend her so much she's amazing and love it yeah i'll share her name with you it's aka cloudette on instagram perfect i'm gonna write it down and she's amazing and um she said to me when she did my reading she was like you've got almost all fire because she reads the elements as well and i was like yeah that's me like i can be really like just like you know like reactive in a way as well so like since knowing that I'm always like right if I because I've just launched two courses as well and they're my first ever courses and and as Danielle knows like I've I've wanted to do this for a really long time but I wasn't very well so I was always like I can't do it I'm not well I can't do it I'm not well and then I got lost in that spin (laughs) and now like I'm feeling better and I've released them and I'm like whenever I'm sharing I have to like remind myself I'm like you're sharing you're doing this because you love it and because you want to help people you want to help people be able to read their own akashic records you want to help people if they want to learn tarot how to do it for themselves and and maybe even make money from it you know like professionally read and how it's transformed my life and i'm like when i do that when i come back to like myself and i'm like stop being up here like share you know like take a breath share from your heart it's it's so different and you can feel that like so it's just amazing I just I love it yeah oh congratulations Becky that's huge because it's true we really can get like stuck in these mental loops of you know feeling like different different reasons for everybody right or like feeling unwell or um, yeah, like we're not able to to put something out from our truth or, you know, just the idea of selling can be really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that one, part as well. It's huge. Yeah. So I have like different notes on my, or, like different Google Docs that are like, um, you know, share from your truth. Speak as if you're speaking to your best friend, because that that is what it's about. And that was a big part of my course as well um, that I thought was really important to have in there. It's like we can't just work on the spiritual. We have to wor- we have to work on it, but we also have to bring it into the practical and ground into the body. So working through like for me. I, ne- I always question why in school, like in elementary school and high school, did we not learn about um, like prioritizing, like how to prioritize and yeah. how to organize properly? Like Trello has become my best friend, you know, <laughs> like we need these tools, goal planning, like working backwards. And so that's also something that I thought was really important to put in this course of organizing the different dimensions of the body, the mind, the emotions, and the life energies. It's like, there are goal planners and let's set intentions around like, okay, if you want to put out this course, if you have a product you're trying to launch, if you maybe just want to like heal your body, like whatever that looks like, what are you, what's that meta view first, right? What's your intention? What are you trying to achieve? And then like break it down into actionable, achievable steps month by month, start with quarters, then bring it down month by month and then week by week. And so then you're like, okay, I just need to accomplish these two things and sit and reflect at the end of the day and not feel shame, right? That I didn't do all the things I needed to do because Mm -hmm. I made that intention. I made that intention very clear. So yeah, I hear you, Becky. This, but congratulations. Like, I, I probably Thank need you. your course, so let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I need yours. Swap <laughs> courses. Yes. Yeah. Trades are amazing. I'm so down. Trade economy. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so happening. <laughs> so, Aubrey, since we're at the end of our time, can you tell people how they can find you online? And um, obviously, your email list to get information about the course that it's ready to come out. 
Totally. Yeah. So my website is spiritmedicine.co. Um, I always make a little joke because .com was literally taken. So it's .co. <laughs> and um, yeah, on, on my website, you can find a lot of different resources. I think, you know, free resources are really, really important to me. Accessibility is really important to me. Um, so on there, I have a free resource that's called preparing for your ceremony. So if anybody's looking to um, work with any sacred medicines on their own or with a guide, you know, legally, of course, um, you know, not condoning anything illegal and making sure that you have everything that you need. So there's lots of great navigation tips and tools in there. And then if you sign up for the newsletter, you will receive the self-care guide, which really is awesome. Like it walks you through finding like, what is your intention? being flexible. I think one of the talking points for the for the session today or for the podcast today was like, what is one of your tips for people? And so I just want to share that real quick because um, I think flexibility is huge. Acceptance of, you know, for where you're at in this moment and flexibility, because you might say, my goal is to do yoga, you know, three times a week, or maybe it's to work out, or maybe it's to do a breath practice or something like that, or just to eat healthier, you know, and making sure that you have like alternative practices that are not super difficult. Like you, you're not going to have the same energy. We wake up with a different state every single day. Yeah. I don't feel the same today as I did waking up yesterday. So making sure that your practices are flexible um, so that you can change as needed, depending on how you feel and honoring your feelings, honoring the cycles and the change in your body, your mind. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, yeah, to if anybody is interested in following me on Instagram, um, my name on there is underscore spirit medicine. And I'm looking to start a clubhouse around decolonizing wellness. So I feel like that's in the works. I'm working through some limiting beliefs there too. People are always like, Aubrey, you should do a podcast, but like, it's a little scary, you know? You should, do, you it. should do a podcast. Mm -hmm. talk to, I'll have to have a call with you guys later and maybe we'll talk about yeah. it. We, we've, a lot of the people who've come on our podcast afterwards, like not that they've thought it since being on here, but they've been wanting to do it. Then they come on and then they're like, what's your advice? And we're like, just do it. <laughs> Get an editor and do it. <laughs> Yeah, so wonderful to, to talk with you guys today and really like for anybody who is listening just remembering that you have all of the magic that you need inside everything's inside and we're simply you know making the space with every breath to hear those answers more clearly right so yeah, so grateful thank you guys so beautiful. much beautiful thank so, you so much this has been amazing Awesome. Amazing. Next week. Thank you so much for listening in. And thank you again, Aubrey, for coming on. Thank you, dear. I hope to talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Bye.